Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very unusual episode of Father Knows Something. We're doing things a little uh, untraditional today. If you notice, our background is not what we normally have because I'm visiting my uh, kids back in the Midwest in the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Matthew, who you know, is Hello. with us tonight. And the one guy who's new to the screen sitting next to me is uh, my son, Taylor. We're going to get different takes because Taylor has comes from one place and uh, what he experienced growing up within our household and and way he sees things. And you have your way of seeing things as a parent of young kids. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be a, a little different show tonight. So let's give it a shot and see how we do, Matt. All right. Here we go. Howdy, Jerry, and whoever may be joining this episode. Thank you for your time and advice. Here's my shit show. This shit kicked off early April 2022. I'm the eldest of three, and me, the only sister, and my youngest brother used to be pretty close. I would describe him to folks as my mini-me with more anger issues. Okay, So the fight is long and dumb, but basically we were in the kitchen and he shut our parents' new fridge wrong. So I said, be careful. Because I said that he thought I was being a bitch, and I wasn't, I then decided to be a bitch and give him a few of my thoughts on how he was being an ungrateful person in in regards to our parents. We are adults. I'm 25 and he's 20. During this, we are living in our parents' home for fucking free. And he's mad at my dad for some bullshit stuff that they were working on together. Anywho, we are fighting verbally, but he at one point is literally asking me to make this a physical fight. I didn't actually push him then, but a little later in the fight, I did push him. Bad choice, I know, in the moment. I had my reasons. He was in the doorway of our back patio, and after I pushed him outside, he punched me in the face, and I lost my shit, and I started yelling at him even more. We kept fighting verbally, and he said some stuff that I literally can't stop thinking about. The fight kind of fizzled after we said probably the worst thing we could say to each other in a goodbye fashion, and I felt so fucking weird after because naturally an apology would come or some kind of acknowledgement of the event should take place, but nothing. He ignored me more than before. And time was passing quickly. It's literally December, and my mom, she's a therapist, has talked with him on various occasions about this, and she will tell me after about how he's feeling guilty and he's really sad about it and his newest plans to maybe apologize. My favorite is the newest info. He's almost ready to talk to me, and my mom hopes it will be before or around Christmas as a present. For who? Well, this is really interesting. For We have a lot of dynamics going with a lot of the actors in this story. I can relate to this story because we have a similar cast sometimes in, in, in our home. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting take to hear everyone's thought. The, the, the one thing that I think that everybody would like to probably agree to 
is nobody really wants to fight. There's always something that's going on in the background and there's triggers. And I think that if you and your brother are approaching a trigger, I think that even though he's got his thing with his dad, you're going to have to focus on what your issue is with him. So I would just try to sit down and say, look, I'd like to come up with some rules. I know you're not in the mood for me at all, but can we have a conversation and see if we can unwind whatever this windup is to that we can get on a path that we can communicate. Now, I'm going to chime in to Taylor in a second because he'll know if what I'm saying is total bullshit or not, that when if he's in the mood not to talk to uh, Morgan or talk to me, he may say, you know, Dad, no matter what you're saying right now, you're full of shit. And this is going to be interesting because I guess mm-hmm. we have to carry this as a different dialogue rather than sit here and come up with a, with a perception of what in my mind might think will work. I should really ask you, in that situation when you're having a problem with a sibling or me in the family unit, is there anything that I, we could say that will disarm the, the wound-up clock spring? She already pissed him off about the fridge. She was getting mad about the fridge. She, to me, she instigated the fight. If she didn't say nothing about the fridge, the fight would have never gone on like that. So if, if there was something that was going <laughs> on that she saw something that could be a, an issue, is there any uh, path that she can take to, to communicate with you what's going on that maybe uh, whatever she is noticing that she could bring it to your attention without triggering her, her brother? I don't think so. She, to me, like I said, she like, to me, it sounds like he's got a lot of build up anger, um, and it just keeps building. When she like mentioned the fridge or something, um, so he was probably already pissed off, and she just building on it. Okay, so now that this fight has now happened and it's gone, mm-hmm. um, what does she do to try to come to him to 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 discharge? The anger, because obviously she doesn't want to have the anger. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the brother wants the anger still, if it was you. Is there anything that person can say later to get back on a path that you guys can come up with a dialogue that in the future, should something go on with the refrigerator, that you guys don't trigger one another? Is there any way to to go deeper in to find whatever the root is of, of this conflict so we can get rid of the anger or the bitterness? Um, for the time being, I'd say give it time. And then after time, it would probably get better. Huh, Matt? I think this story is ridiculous, <laughs> top to bottom, um, for a few facts, simple facts. Okay. One, I mean, to get so bent out of shape after somebody telling you to be careful, maybe you can be annoyed with that, but to cause a fight, it's, it's ridiculous. And just walk away. Um, my thought and belief is, is that yeah. there is no reason a man should really ever punch a woman like absolutely as a parent if i was that mom that kid wouldn't be living in my house at some point like but my i'm question, sorry like that is super unacceptable I, I, I from was, a 20 I, I didn't even get to that far i was just trying to find a way about uh, the first trigger well clearly there's an underlying issue right there's an underlying issue somewhere that he clearly has a problem with her to some level something that he's not dealing with at the forefront of the relationship because I don't know, Taylor could tell me to shut the fridge. And even if I'm mad at him, like there's no underlying anger. I'm not going to come at him and start this thing. So there's obviously a trigger that's, that's, that's more deep in with this, that that's causing these 
uh, Correct. The behavior. There's something so, going on. So, but we're just hearing about the fridge. What if it's just not the fridge? It's this. Oh, this, it, it, this, it, this. It's, it's probably going to be epidemic in, in other areas. He's probably just getting sick of it at well, this point. At what point do you set boundaries within that relationship? Then, if you're not being upfront and then setting your boundaries of what is acceptable to you within that relationship, then there's a problem, right? If it's not being set. As the brother, if I'm getting constantly hounded mm-hmm. by somebody, I would go to that person and say, hey, look, here's here's where I'm at with this relationship. It feels to me as like you're nagging or you are, something's going on where you keep coming after me and I don't appreciate it. So let's set these boundaries where mm-hmm. we're not going to talk to each other like that. And if you have an issue with what's transpiring, let's preference, preference that conversation with, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I just want to let you know this is how I feel and then go from there rather than have it blow up and turn into a fight. You know, I'm I, I'm 65 and I have three siblings. So there were four of us. And there was no doubt that between one of my siblings and myself, something happened, some event triggered a behavior change that went on for 30 years. And when it came to, to, to that, that sibling and I, when we would get into the most easy thing to go, would you do this or do that? It would no doubt turn into a World War III between us, out of doubt. And it wasn't only to, I would say, in the last year when I finally said, we got to discharge this thing. Because right. we can't go on this way for that. I love you. You love me. You ask me to do something. I, no matter how I do it, it's not right. And now, it's not that it's wrong. It's not right for her the way that it's being done. Sure. So how do we, how do we tell this, this writer that you can communicate or go to this person on a time where there's no one around, there's no fight to really be had, you guys are enjoying something, and say, you know, I love you. And you're my you're my sibling. How can we find out where we went wrong that we that we don't do that again? That we can really live with. And it goes back to that word you had, the boundary. How do we go set this up that we can succeed and love each other and not piss one, either me piss you off or certainly I don't want to piss you off, because that's really the crux of what this is. It, because if you can get rid of that, you can certainly get rid of the pushing or the blocking or this or that because. It got physical with me and my sibling. And I mean, it was crazy. I mean, the sibling would come after me, you know, with death in her eyes. <laughs> in their eyes. Yeah. And so you want to get rid of that. And sometimes I know that you and I'm and I'm looking at you because you and I are past this part. Because there was a time when you wanted to tear me from shred or shred. Correct. And we got through that through whatever it was, but it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes he can still have that issue there. He doesn't want to be bothered. He, and he, again, we're back in the same age group as your, as your brother's 20. Uh, he's in his twenties. It's, it, it is, do you have any ideas on how to approach this, that it will be successful for this person? I, like I said before, I just think given time, all relationships are ever evolving. And for me, I know like, yeah, I might be angry, but at that, at some point that will pass too. So I just say be patient. I don't really have, like, relationships are tough. So I don't really have uh go-to how to fix it. Like, 
just fix it. I think but. exactly what you just said, having that conversation, what you just laid out. You laid out the plan for them already. They mm-hmm. just need to now take the action if they truly want to salvage a relationship. And ultimately, if she doesn't want to maintain that relationship, yeah. So, and ultimately, everyone is responsible for themselves and you can ultimately choose to cut that person out and you don't need to have them involved in your life. I can see where that guy's coming from though. Like if someone was nagging me like my whole life and they continue to do it as I'm getting older, yeah, I'd get pissed off too. It can make you mad. So I'd say violence, stop nagging him. Violence is never the answer. But she started it. She so, shouldn't have pushed him. She even admitted it. But we both agree that a guy shouldn't no, hit, a girl, right? hit a girl, right? You just shouldn't hit people in general, yeah, right? Yeah. All right. So we're on the same page with that. <laughs> yeah. Violence can be avoided. You just walk away. You You just don't do it. So well, that's that's what I think. I think you've laid out the groundwork, and it's give it a shot. I mean, action. when I say give it a shot, you know, if you see there's going to be a problem, don't don't uh, exas- exasperate mm-hmm. the issue by trying to teach him a lesson right then and there if he's not receptive to it. And it's probably the way that you you know reflect inside the way that you're approaching it to have a conversation with him that you can actually come out yourself and look at how you're going to approach it to see how he'll react before you do it, that you can try to get it in a way that it will be more positive or write it down and give it to him another day where you can actually say, can we sit down? I I just want to tell you things that happened in the past and I don't want to trigger you, but you know, we do live together and maybe this might be more considerate. And if somebody did it that way, would that be a, a better way to approach it where it didn't happen right then and there. It was removed from that situation, and they came back later and had a conversation. I think that'd be pretty beneficial. Yeah. Yep. All right. So give that a shot. And really, if anybody else has comments on this one, you know we read the comments, and I love to read the comments. And so we'll go from there. Matt, there we go. Let's go. By the way, do you know that I have a dog at my foot, and it's not Holly. It's your dog, Havoc. Yes. And does Havoc cause a lot of havoc? He earned his name. He earned his name. All right, let's go. Hello from Australia. I, 21 female, and my partner, 29 male, have been together for three years. Our relationship is amazing, but we have had a few issues come up like when we first moved in together, about nine months into the relationship. I found out he has two kids with his ex, which he never told me about until we moved in together. He said the reason he didn't tell me was because he didn't want me to leave. He doesn't really have his kids that much, only during the day, two days a week. They have never stayed with us, and I have never met them. I haven't met them because his ex doesn't like me, even though she has never met me or has never given me a chance. Apart from that, I have caught him on two occasions on a fake Snapchat, which he didn't have me on, messaging girls and sexting. I have really bad trust issues from past relationships, and now I caught him about four months ago messaging girls. I keep overthinking and feel like he is still doing it. I don't look at his phone or anything. He goes out almost every weekend, which I have no issue with, but I always get the feeling he is cheating on me when he is out. I have anxiety, so I never go out with him and only get invited a handful of times. Anyway, what are things I can do to try and help my trust issues. Thanks in advance. Love the podcast. What can you do to help your trust things? Uh, Go out with a guy and spend your life with someone that can be totally transparent from the moment he meets you and be trustworthy. That would help. Uh, This guy 
has failed on so many levels right from the beginning with me. How do you, the most important thing in my life, it's horrible. the most important thing that when I meet somebody, what is the first thing they know about me? That you have kids. Boom. One, two, and three. That's it. Never, that if they can't accept the fact that I have kids, why do I want to take one more step down a road with this person? Sorry. That's number one. So the fact that he held that back, that's called control. He's trying to control the narrative. And he's doing the same thing with his fake chats and his what all the other crap is. So you want to have a life with this guy? You got to sit him down right off the bat and say, this is why I'm leaving you. And I'm controlling my narrative because I can't have any confidence in with, in, with, with whatever goes on with you. Far as not looking at his, fo- his phone just to, to call him on it, I think that's really great. And I'm glad that you feel that, you could, that that's not the kind of life that you want, that you're going to be looking at someone's phone or following them or doing whatever it is. I had a brother-in-law that was a PI. And the brightest thing that he said is these wealthy people were trying to follow their, their, their significance. As he looked at them and said, if you think they're doing it, and you have a good feeling in your in 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 your heart they're doing it, they're doing it. Don't hire me. Don't waste your money. I don't do this, and that's why I don't do it. So right. you already in your brilliant thought process, in your gut, you've assessed that you've assessed this correctly. And now you can go call them on it in a in a responsible conversation and just agree either you're gonna you're going to be totally transparent with one another going forward if that's what you want to do, or that you're going to depart this this adventure and uh, redefine your relationship as friends, or if you even want to be friends with a guy who doesn't tell you the truth. That's not where I'd like to be in life, but you know, I don't make your choices and decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? I agree with everything you said, but I live by line. If, if it seems suspicious, it's probably suspicious. So... I'm going to give you some other info. Yep. Um, you held out any, on us? Anytime that they argue about him messaging other girls, yep. he always somehow puts the blame on the writer, even though she has never messaged anyone during their relationship. He's just controlling the narrative again. This Back to the same thing. It's control. Yeah. I think that, honestly, and this might be tough love, but- Run. I mean, get out of there. It's it, He's clearly not ready and may not be even able to himself be a trustworthy person. Um, there needs to be some major growth there. I mean, not telling you about the kids because he's worried about you leaving, that is a huge red flag. And then sexting other people while you're in a relationship. So he may not have taken action, and like actually gone out and cheated, but what from an emotional standpoint is cheating or having an emotional affair or setting it up? Like there is some major distrust and I would consider that cheating type act for sure. Bounce, pack your things up, move out, do the deal, go live your best life. That's it. This guy's not great. Any other thoughts or we should go with the next one? The next one. Let's go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Next one. Hi, Jerry. I love the podcast and it's comforting to get fatherly advice as my dad died when I was very young. So I, 22 female, come from a broken childhood. 
I am estranged from my family and I'm living on my own in a different state. I've been dating this guy, 22 male, who I honestly believe is the one. We were friends for a year before we dated and we are connected in all aspects of life. His family, they're incredible and truly the kindest people I've ever met. Now here's the situation. I have fallen on hard financial times and his family has been buying me groceries, getting me gifts, and offering to pay for a portion of my college. While this is very kind, it's difficult for me to accept because of my awful childhood. I won't go into too much detail. I feel guilty accepting anything from anyone, no matter how small. I've been trying to work on this as it has caused problems in my relationship. My boyfriend doesn't understand why it's so hard for me to accept gestures like this. His family are always reminding me that I'm family, but it makes me feel guilty for some reason. I know that they are doing everything out of love, but sometimes it feels like I am just a charity case. My ideal outcome would be that I would like to be able to accept my partner's family and their gestures as they have openly accepted me. What a gift. You have, you have a couple gifts. You found people that have put the value of you on top of a financial level, that your heart and your being is the most important thing to them. And that's what family really is. You don't put money in front of, of the, the being. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as your trouble goes, I think that it's wonderful that you are aware of it and this uncomfort, but you need to try to have a, maybe a family meeting where you say, guys, we all know that what you're doing for me is helping me. And I, and I want to be able to accept it, that I can do it with the, the ability of not feeling guilty. So I don't know if you should say, I'm willing to, to work more around the house, to, to, to be a part of the family. I want to contribute. If you want to look for outside for a different job that you can bring some more money in to show that you're also trying to help yourself. You know, obviously you, you have to function, you have to live. And the fact that you have this gift of this family and this man who is absolutely, apparently everything that, that he's your person, that you should be able to, I, I would hope that you can find the term that you can accept it and not let the muck from your life, the mud, pull you down with it. Um, if you're going to school, does she say she's going for school? Yep. That you can say, you know, guys, it's important that we, at least I know this number, because one day I want to make sure that I, I pay it back to you. And you can look at it as, as a loan. It's, it's all what you're free feeling on how you want to do this to get yourself comfortable. I know that when I've had trouble with money, I've always had, you know, sometimes problems accepting. I've always been the one who want to give. And now I've, I've had time where I've had to accept help. And sometimes that's a gift as well, that you allow that person to help you. It makes them feel good as well that they know they can help you. And you can always pay it forward or pay it back in a different way. It, this is, money is a, such a, an issue with people that it's better when you can you know, not let it bog you down and certainly not destroy this relationship. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like what they're offering 
and this is a lot of big gifts, a lot of sizable things like helping pay for a portion of college. I know college is expensive, so I'm going to just take a gander and say that this is thousands of dollars to some extent. Mm -hmm. As somebody who was dating somebody very young, um, I got gifts from uh, my partner's family, right? And did I accept some of them? Yeah. Um, Have I worked it out? to some extent what you said alone, right? Hey, I'm, I'm willing to accept this, but we have to work something out as far as something I can do for you. I agree with you on that standpoint, but I understand why it could be hard to accept things from people mm-hmm. um, to maybe feel like, gosh, if I'm taking this, like I don't have anything to offer, which maybe like some self-worth issues. Like what do I, what, a, why do I deserve this? How about, or I got a question. This mm-hmm. might put a little punch in the whole thing. What if if you offer them the love that they're seeing that their son is getting, and the the if you see that you really really love this man that you're with, and and you are part of this family, and you're not using him, that's really where the issue lies. If you felt for a moment, and I don't hear it in, in any of your discussion, that he's not your one and you're just there for a while and da da la da la then yeah, that would be totally wrong and it would be your turn to walk out the door. But because your love is true and your love is honest, so is theirs. And they're not holding it against you. It's all true love. She didn't say this, but maybe she doesn't or feels uncomfortable accepting this is because she doesn't want that to be held over her head. And then she's going to have to repay those gifts like she couldn't afford it, but she doesn't want to take it because she doesn't want that to be held over her head. Well, then I, then you if, for the gifts that are not necessary, then you say, you know, those large gifts are, may not be necessary today. And if you want to you know, help me with my school, I really take it as help and I would always want you to know that it's going to be in the back of my head to pay you back as a loan. And at that time when I pay you back, if if where we are, if you feel that you don't want it, you want to, and we're married and we have children, you want to put it in our in our children's college fund, maybe it's a different thing. We don't know what the future is going to bring. So it it's a discussion that you guys can really have as mature adults together around a table. I agree. And and that way you can you can carry forward without the worry, and you can say I got it because sometimes you might say I got to go get some clothes, and they well here's the card go get clothes, it it might be that easy, or or they might say you know we're gonna get you some clothes. You know they they see the need. I've always felt that when I've had friends or or family that need some, I don't wait for them to ask me. I try to provide it before they ask, so they don't even have to worry about that that dreaded fact of. Of having to ask, they people are close to you know that you have the problem. If they're watching the situation, they mm-hmm. know there's an issue. Yeah, yep, I understand. Love is hard to monetize. When you were put, punching a hole in it, though, mm-hmm. that goes back to like finding that self worth and that value in that relationship because it's hard to accept money. Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, they love you, so it's beyond money. It's beyond money. I understand that, but money is actually physical and. Mm-hmm. Tangible, tangible, yeah. It's hard to and love is untangible. So it's hard to figure out what. But do what's you the feel, monetization but do you, worth? But there? do you feel love when someone's giving up? Do you feel love? Yeah, but I don't know what that love is worth. Is it tangible? <laughs> How do you know it's actually love? Though, and they're not just doing it because that's 
their son's girlfriend. It's it's interesting. So, you know, digest all these thoughts and see what works for you and what's applicable and keep us updated and let us know how you did deal with it and how you are, because we'd like to know. Here we go. Okay. We'll see where we get. I love your podcasts and would love to hear some advice on my situation. Sorry in advance. It's a bit of a long one. Me, 21 female, and my boyfriend, 21 male, have been dating since junior year of high school. So we are going on four years together. I love him so much. He's an amazing guy and treats me right. Would never hurt me or my family. And my family loves him too, including her two cats. The issue here is not with him, but his family. The dynamic in his family is not the best. His dad is an alcoholic who mistreats the whole family, mostly verbal emotional abuse and mental abuse. His mom can't leave her husband because of the financial support he provides for them. My boyfriend has learned to deal with it, and he is the oldest sibling to a little sister and brother, so he tries to protect them. His dad shits on them for the smallest and pettiest matters, and it's affected them greatly. My boyfriend doesn't receive any financial support from his dad, so he works and helps pay the bills and has to take on all of the dad responsibilities. I guess my issue here is thinking into our future. I don't want to marry into a family that is weighed down by such a person like his dad. But at the same time, my boyfriend can't isolate him as he is trauma bonded to him. Do I just hold out hope that things will settle as we grow older and get married? Will he ever really be able to get away from his dad's abuse? My other issue is that because his dad doesn't support him, my boyfriend can't fully focus on his studies and career since his youngest sibling is 12, and he wants to continue protecting him until he's old enough. It worries me that he will be behind in his career as we get older and that he will get stuck in this pattern. So ideally, I just want to know if there's any way we can move on from all of that drama and create a life together. I don't want to waste my 20s waiting for him to do something and then end up having to leave because it just never worked out. Who wants to go first? You got any ideas first? You want to let Matt go first? Matt can go first. All right, Matt, go. you're on. To some extent, I can relate to this. Um, I, I think it's extremely difficult because there's so many dynamics and so many relationships that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Family is super important. And... I can understand not wanting to marry into a family that you're not comfortable being a part of. And that has got to be a factor in whether you're going to stay with this individual and what you can personally put up with within that relationship. So from the boyfriend standpoint, like that's his dad, regardless of any of the trauma and the bullshit and the pettiness like that guy is going to be connected to his dad and he has siblings and he cares for his siblings. And from what it sounds like is he's trying to be the best person that he can be and support those other two siblings. So I understand it's probably extremely hard if you haven't had a lot of trauma in your life, if you don't have the hurdles that some other people have, it's super hard to be empathetic to those or and maybe empathy is the wrong word, but is it sympathetic? It, it's just hard to like wrap your brain around what's transpiring. If you, you have to decide if you're willing to wait for him, 
And if he marries you and what, again, what are you willing to put up with from a future husband, right? And again, there's so many dynamics here. If we go back to the mom, like the mom could leave, but she's staying. There's financial reasons. And I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do and stay because you're being financially supported. But hey, if it's if it's that bad and that mom really wants out, I mean, people get divorced every day and their situation for sure is going to change. Um, the boyfriend can walk away and the, things change. Things change and people are going to do what's best for them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And they could choose comf- being comfortable or they can choose a hard route and try to fix it. So yeah, is there any way that you guys can move on from all the drama? Sure. Anybody can cut anybody out of their life and put up boundaries and set those boundaries, but that boyfriend has to be able to set those boundaries. And if he's not willing to do it at this time, then you got to make a hard choice of walking away or sticking with the relationship. It's not easy, but that's it. I think it's kind of hard for, hard of an ask for the boyfriend to like stop helping his siblings or cut off the relationship with his dad. I just put myself in his position. Like that would be extremely hard. Like you want to be there for your family. You want to help your family out. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't do that as the man to do that, but I can also see her point of view. I, I have a couple of thoughts. So the thought one is, is that you've been with this guy and you have fallen in love with this guy for who he is. Now he's obviously proven that he's not a guy that turns his back on his family. And at the end of the day, when you're married to somebody, wouldn't you want to be with somebody that doesn't turn his back on his family? Number one. Number two, he's, he's, here's a guy that he does work and he's going to school to improve himself. And he does provide money to his mother for the household to try to support that household. Now, the father apparently was supporting, but I don't know if he is how much, what percent of it is. But certainly if the mother uh, decides to depart and say, you know, you know, I'm going to divorce dad and I will need help. Can you help me or can we do something different? I, I don't know how you would feel as the girlfriend that your boyfriend said, you know, I'm going to make our, we're going to have a little more hardship. So how is, you know, how are you going to relate with the fact that he wants to help his family and be there for his siblings? And I think that is shows the character. Taylor was, you know, certainly showing character where he was saying, hey, you know, we're family. And this is a, a, a premier thing. And you are, you are also correct. He just can't take turn his back on his dad because as dysfunctional as dad is, it's still his dad. And so you got a lot of dynamics going on with all this. The, the fact of the abuse, there is definitely help out there for people that are in abusive relationships and can't walk away from it or can't put it in perspective how to deal with it. For the abuser and maybe even for the ones that are abused to help get through that or decide that it's not healthy for any of us to be in this stuff because you're, you're his little baby siblings that he's taking care of financially and trying to be there to protect them. 
are still dealing with this, seeing this abuse in, in, in their upbringing. So the father really has to be dealt with, not because he's a provider, but he may have to be gone and the courts will have to provide that financial need to, put, to make the mother comfortable and the other children comfortable. And if you feel that you want to help them along with it, maybe that's also some of the best help that he can do. You know, to sit in that environment of letting it continue this way is also not healthy. So I see where you have some issues, but you're going to have to stand by your guy and realize this is what made him part of who he is, that he does see right and from wrong. And he's trying to figure out the right thing. So be there to support him through this. And if you find that you don't have the ability of doing that, then maybe you're not, there's other guys that may not have this baggage. I mean, we all have our baggage. So with that all said, there are options. And you're going to have to decide what options that you're willing to accept and how you want to implement them. Yeah. I'm going to just throw this out there as well, that therapy. Yeah. I mean, family therapy, um, therapy for you guys as a couple and be able to talk about these things with somebody. I mean, with all the trauma, I'm sure that everyone could probably use somebody to talk to mm-hmm. on this matter from the siblings, the mother. I mean, it needs to, it needs to be addressed. And a lot of times having somebody in a professional capacity mm-hmm. have that conversation is great. And um, I believe that it's for somebody to leave an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. It takes at least seven attempts typically before somebody's successful. So we don't really know the backstory on what this mother has tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of things in this that I think therapy would definitely be Absolutely. a valuable resource. Absolutely. But he should not also be afraid that if it's going to come to telling his mom, you can leave and I'm here to help you. And the courts are here to probably side with you at whatever you may need to do. There sure. are ways to get out of that that situation where you do not have to have the abuse. The abuse, you know, your mother's been doing, his mother's been doing it for whatever years it's been been going on, but the kids are watching this and that's becoming the systemic issue. So there's a couple things that have to be addressed. A, the, the preservation of the mom, but also the preservation of the family and keeping those kids from falling in the footsteps of the abuse. All right. So last bit of info. She, she writes, I have talked to him about his dad's behavior and he has said that if it ever comes to it, he would isolate from his father. But in most situations, he somehow always lets his dad get the best of him. I am a planned out organizer type of person, and he is more of a go with the flow type of guy. I need to know what my future will look like so I feel secure in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So they have had the conversation. And again, it goes back to it is hard to break a relationship, even with somebody who may be abusing you. You I believe that people look at other people and have the best intentions or they feel that there's going to be you are, people always look for the positive, right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to say. If everyone has positive intent, I mean, and that's the way you're walking into the relationship time and time again and you keep getting burned. I mean, but there's a lot of muck that's in this relationship brought from the other side. She's trying to get her get herself through the muck and says, I don't know if I want to carry this muck into my life the rest of my life. Right, and you don't have to. And it's a hard thing to walk away from a relationship, especially somebody that you love. But ultimately, 
again, when you look at your future mm-hmm. and you do have the ability to cut people out mm-hmm. and it can be a super difficult, painful thing to do. To me, it seems like she's looking for the perfect relationship, but there's never always going to be a perfect relationship. The grass isn't always green on the other side. Um, so I just think nothing's going to be perfect. I will say this, though. She's looking to, for you know her boyfriend to solve the problem by disconnecting his father, which he may never be able to do. The real decision is here. Are you going to be able to disconnect from the boyfriend? That's that's the power you have is you can disconnect yourself from your boyfriend and go on with your life with somebody right. else. And relationships are work. They are hard. There's never a perfect relationship. Everybody is going to have issues. It then comes down to, are you willing, do you love that person enough to work through it? Are you willing to go out and get the therapy? Are you willing to put in the time? And yes, you are going to deal with some shit. You are going to get shit on probably at times, but are you willing to accept that? And you don't have to accept it. You can choose to walk away. You can choose to go find out if the grass is greener on the other side. And guess what? She may cut ties and that grass may not be greener on the other side. So you you deal with what you have in front of you and what you can deal with. And I hope it all works out. I do too. I mean, it, 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 it could be as simple as this. And, and it's not simple by any mean. Where you say, you got family things to work out. I can't deal with these family things right now. I want to go experiment to see what's really out there and go out and see if the grass is greener. And if it's not, you continue your friendship and see if he's willing to accept you back the way you are. But it's going to make the difference when somebody's realized this is a relationship with somebody that is willing to work with them, good or bad, through that relationship. That makes a major impression on somebody. And lastly, these are two people that are only 21 years old. They got a lot of growth to go on and experiences to have. I agree completely. So I think that's our episode of uh, this week. And I'm glad you got to uh, meet Taylor. We've been talking about him forever. And we have two dogs that apparently want attention. Maybe, ah, there's Havoc. Hi. He's, he's not interested. He's a little camera shy. <laughs> And um, I don't think they're interested. They're not interested. Let them hang with grandma. So anyways, that's it for our episode of Father Knows Something with uh, his boys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.